0: Welcome to this week in Moab a tad early but that's okay. My name is Howard Trenholm. I am the host of This Week in Moab for this week. It's nice to be back with you. It's been a few months since I was last in this position. I have Laura from Wabi Sabi as a featured guest and also representatives from the Free Health Clinic coming up in about 30 minutes. We're really going to spend much of the hour focusing on Moab's greatest asset, which are its nonprofits, of which I think we discussed, we had made probably a hundred or so um, nonprofits in Moab. Hi, Laura. Why don't you just come on in the air and say hi, since you're here.
1: Hi. Thanks for having me today. Get a little closer to
0: that microphone. We'll oh, do it. Oh, yeah. Hello. Don't be shy. You. It won't bite, honestly.
1: Okay. Well, thanks for having me today. It's We're
0: great happy. to have you here. I'm just going to jump right in since you're here and you've been eager. You got here a little early and yeah, um, it's nice it. to have you back. And, of course, Wabi Sabi, do you know what the... Um, I did this a little research. You know what wabi-sabi means?
1: Oh, yeah. Let's, I do, but I'm curious if you know what it means.
0: Well, I have the wonderful thing called um, the Internet here. So.
1: Yay, Google.
0: <laughs> um, it, it, in traditional Japanese aesthetics, wabi-sabi is a worldview centered on the acceptance of transience and imperfection. The aesthetic is sometimes described as one of appreciating beauty that is imperfect, impermanent, and incomplete in nature. It's a concept derived from the Buddhist teaching of the three marks of existence. I'm not going to try and pronounce them. Specifically, um, impermanence, suffering, and emptiness, or the absence of self-nature. How's thats that? You would say that's an apt description?
1: That is a great description. So we kind of shortened that down to uh, wabi-sabi, meaning the perfection and imperfection. So we just kind of have used that concept uh, from the beginning um, of Wabi's origin, I should say.
0: Which is now pushing about 20 years, is it not, or more?
1: Yeah, (laughs) next year will be our 20th year anniversary, which is incredible. Go ahead. No,
0: do you have anything planned for that as far as, I mean, it's like, oh, wow, 20 years, really? Yeah, I know, it's exciting. Awesome.
1: We are definitely going to plan something. We don't know what that something looks like just yet, um, but... There will be something.
0: <laughs> well, I do remember its origins way on, oh my goodness, if you think back to when it really first started, back on 100 West, which was next to the old Moonflower Market, yeah, which was next to the old Red Rock Lodge, which is now the Hoodoo Hotel. All of that whole lot has gone now, and it's been replaced with a luxury hotel. But that's where it started, but it kept moving. It had this incredible ability to just grow a little bit more, and then find a new location. Yeah, But you're pretty set now where you're at, right?
1: Yeah, I I really love the, the, I guess you can say, the founding story of Wabi. It's a really beautiful story for those of you who don't know what Wabi Sabi is. We are a nonprofit uh, who fundraises money, materials, and provide mentorship to other local nonprofits in our community. And we do that mostly through our thrift store. So it's original Like story of Wabi, I should say, started with this lady named Sarah in the Moab community, and she saw yes, yep, (laughs) Yep. and she saw the need. There was a lot of people who um, needed things, Um, especially in our nonprofit community. There's a you know because our resources in Moab have been limited. Nonprofits started popping up all over (laughs) to kind of fulfill those. Needs. And so Sarah said, Well, these nonprofits are all, all struggling financially. How can we help them? And so they started to resell things out of the back of their house and it turned into a thrift store. And um, people would come and they would buy a used shirt or a used boat. And then they would say, I would like to donate this money to this nonprofit. And that's kind of like literally the they, of it. yeah, the essence of our organization. Well, it's
0: quite brilliant in a way yeah. when you consider that your raw materials, <laughs> yeah, your product that you're actually turning around to sell is given, it's donated. And of course, people have a lot of excess in their lives, yes. and instead of it ending up in a landfill somewhere, it was given a second life yes. almost, or a third life, or a fourth life,
1: right? And the we magic recycling, yeah, we see a lot of things get re donated that have come through the store and they get another life. And <laughs> KZMU shirts. Do you ever yeah. see those come oh, through yeah. the store? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's wonderful. We love like that people donate, like that's such a an amazing gift to be able to reuse something instead of throwing it away, and then that gift turns into financial support for others in our community. So yep.
0: one person's treasure is another one's treasure, right? Absolutely. So that's how you got started. You're obviously, twenty years in now, mm-hmm. you've you've been this this. It's really um, grown from just uh, you know an idea into what it was. And having just basically one employee, I guess, in the very, very beginning, perhaps. And now it's been a very sustaining business model for the community just as the store, right? I mean, there's jobs in the store where Mm -hmm. people work, sorting and selling, and then the administrative sides of that.
1: Yeah, it's created um, some, like I would say, a lot of jobs opportunities for people who are both like transient to people who want to plant in the community more to to volunteer opportunities for those who just want to like give back to our community here and there. Like, um, so yeah. And then also providing many resources for those who need things. Um, so some of our programs, I don't know if you,
0: no, yeah. go please. Um, yeah. I mean, because there's, there's people our... who have just landed on our planet Moab. And oh, I mentioned yeah. that to you before we came on. I mean, I know a lot of you know what Wabi Sabi does, but for those that are perhaps new to the community, it's always good to remind people what we are and so we don't yeah. forget. So it's go great. ahead.
1: Well, those who have just landed to planet Moab, welcome. <laughs> <laughs> um, this is a, a very interesting place to live and love it so much. Um, but just as a quick Explanation: Our thrift store Wabi Sabi, is um, our biggest fundraiser. Uh, so we fundraise through our thrift store for our nonprofit community, and that's our biggest program. Um, and basically, you once you shop in the store, you get to purchase an item, and that item, the percentage, a percentage of that purchase can go towards a nonprofit of your choice. And so each year we have what we call our Wabi Sabi nonprofit partners. And uh, this year we have 10 partners and KZMU is one of our partners. And um, so if you go and shop in Wabi Sabi store, you can donate your money to KZMU if you want. Because they're a profit, Uh, I mean a partner. And well, you
0: help us, you know, every little helps. Trust me, we're a nonprofit, too, so we understand the yeah, need for fundraising.
1: it's great. And so each month, um, those nonprofits uh, will get a check, and they have unrestricted funds to be able to help their organization thrive. And, and then
0: once a year, you do something extra special, right?
1: Yeah, and so this is a extra... to be Thanksgiving
0: s- month, right, of right, all things. coincidence oh, right. Very this
1: month of November, we it's have lots of exciting of things. Um, one of them is our community pick poll. So we, every year we allow, we allow, we ask the community to come and join us um, in making the decision of who we should support for our next year partners. So this year we have, I think the most ever, we have 21 applicants. You have nine categories of nonprofits, which is
0: pretty
2: phenomenal.
1: Yes, and a lot of these categories, a lot of these nonprofits double in many different categories. Um. Do you want me to read these? You can if you um, want, or you can just give some ideas. Yeah, just, I'm so, looking at the, this. so out of the 21 applicants this year, we have all the way from like human resources and crisis prevention to education to um, animal rescue, cultural services, affordable housing, journalism, food, healthcare, science, and environmental issues. So there's just this like huge gamut of nonprofits in our community who need help. And there, it's such a hard decision to choose what who needs help the most. Um, and being a community thrift store and supporting our community, we really would love the input of our community in those decisions of like, it, you shop at our store, and your impact is made when you <laughs> and, and, and
0: this is a really important vote i mean november is a month of voting and we've just voted yes. but this is another this is the community vote this is where you the community can be involved and in who you ch- want you know you'd like to see wabi sabi partner with yeah it's a tough decision it is. how do you pick between all these nonprofits? Yeah, luckily they're all good
1: <laughs> i know luckily um I don't have any input in that. <laughs> that is all laid on our board, and they have the tough decision of deciding who to support. And so, you know, ha- one way to get your voice heard is to go to the polls on wabi-sabi-moab.org, vote for your favorite nonprofit partner that you would like to see, and also there's a survey on the poll this year. So, it- So we're also asking the community input of, like, what – um, causes are important to you, and that's important to us as we are able to give this information to our board. To just in general, we know what the community needs are.
0: I'm just looking at the voting survey mm-hmm. right now, I'm just getting sidetracked yeah. by all these nonprofits. You must know more than most. I mean, I've, I've never actually given a definitive number of how many nonprofits Moab has. Would you? Yeah. You like to estimate what you think the number might be because I know you have to look through a pretty specific lens because you're actually trying to help them all.
1: Yeah, we're pretty much like a hub, so we do see a lot of nonprofits. And I want to say I don't have the official number, but it's definitely um, the last count was a cup like over a hundred. <gasps>
0: For a community our size, is that somewhat incredible or yes, what? Yes. It is incredible. Seriously.
1: I think our population, um, I want to say is between five and eight thousand people. Yeah. And we're in a remote area and we have um, this is a fact. We are the one of the highest like ratios of populations to nonprofits in the nation.
0: We have so many distinguishing features of being a Moabite. <laughs> yeah. We vote more than anybody else votes just in general. You know, I don't know if you know yeah. that, that our voting percentage as a you know percentage of those registered vote that actually vote is is usually 70, 80, even 90 percent. Wow. That's the incredible. national average is fifty. Wow. So a lot of times we're blasting by, you know, and it means that we're a very engaged community and obviously yes. a very generous community too. Otherwise we couldn't support these many non-profits so you're saying people should get out there and decide between which one of the you don't have to choose up from a (laughs) hundred because i'm looking at your list here one two three
1: we've narrowed it down to 21
0: 21 so 21 of the hundred are there this year so those that are not on this list you need to contact wabi sabi and let them know that you're there too because they're the as you say the conduit to bring all these non-profits together okay so that's important that goes on how long does the voting take place for
1: great question so the voting polls in November 28th and they are online this year um, so you can go to wabi and vote um, there should be like a pop-up box that says vote here mm-hmm. and there's also information on all of the nonprofit partners or the applicants who are applying for a partnership available online so if you want to research um, they're all connected to their websites or Instagram pages um, so that's one way you can vote. Also this year, uh, November 19th and 20th, mark those dates down.
0: 19th and 20th.
1: And at Wabi Sabi in our parking lot, we will have an in-person voting booth. Okay. So if you can't vote on your computer or your phone, you can come in in person and vote that day. You can ask me questions about the nonprofit partners um, who have applied. I keep calling them partners. I'm so used to saying that. Our nonprofit Applicants for partnerships. You can ask me about those. We well, have so many partners. partners. <laughs>
0: it's a bit of a tongue twister, too. Yeah,
1: right. <laughs> so, yeah. Um, so that's available for the community as well. Okay. And that's November 19th and 20th from noon to 4 p.m.
0: And then you'll announce these winners probably early in December once you've collated all the votes. Yeah. So
1: I think the public will know December 4th, I want to say. Okay. Don't um, quote me on that. But yeah, that December. first week of December.
0: It's a kind of a busy month for you because one of the other just phenomenal aspects of Wabi Sabi and what it does for the Moab community, you know, for anybody that's lived here for any length of time, and obviously this year and last year are kind of proving to be exceptions, but not. We're going to talk about that. But it's the feeding of the masses. Yes. (laughs) Um, I have been, it's one of the greatest joys, I think, living in Moab and being attending these Thanksgiving lunches from when they Mm -hmm. started at the Mark and then they moved to the Grand Center and they just got grander and bigger and more popular every year and a lot of the community um, businesses will contribute toward that. I mean, it's again, the generosity of our community is pretty amazing. Mm -hmm. Um, and they'd have this annual feast, which a buffet, you know, all the turkey fixings and just hundreds of people from their community felt that their family was there. Even though, I mean, obviously a lot of us, you know, have fam- we have families in Moab, but a lot of us don't. Mm-hmm. And it's not easy to travel. So these events, you know, I know they haven't happened last year in this year. We're going to talk about this year or mm-hmm. two. But yeah. it was one of these w- wonderful moments of being a Moabite that you just saw you your people, your tribe, and they were all together and happy. And, you know, me, as much as we all differ and bicker with each other, you know, in a, in a situation like that, we get along famously. So, you know, as of 2020, of course, came along. We can talk mm-hmm. about When well, you would talk about it, because you've been with Wabi Sabi for some years now, yeah,
1: right? Yeah, I think th- um, going on three and a half years.
0: So take us through the Wabi, take us through COVID yeah. oh, <laughs> from your, yeah. um, huh. from the lens of Wabi Sabi, so to speak.
1: <laughs> yeah, uh, COVID was, man, uh, I think a tough year for a lot of businesses and nonprofits and people in general um and so for us we were unable to do it at the Grand center um and so we just as an organization had a pivot and to keep meals out there you know we had some amazing um businesses step up in our community so we had um sweet cravings they catered the meal during covid and then we had um the synergy company come in and help with uh funding it and this year it's going to look similar to that so we'll have um, the Synergy Company has graciously donated the funds to cover all the meals which is exciting and amazing and um, Sweet Cravings is going to make all the delicious food. Pretty amazing too. Yeah and so instead of saying we can't do it there is a need people you know we it's a special event that you know it's like it's just a special thing that People can come together during Thanksgiving. People who don't have families are a place to go or eat. Um, and we still wanted to keep that kind of core th- thread in our community still alive. And so, you know, this year it'll be delivery based. And we'll also have uh, the Multicultural Center um, is going to be a place for those who don't have a place to deliver. They can come pick it up. Okay. Yeah. So, um, so that's, yeah, that's kind of.
0: Well, I asked you this before you came on air. I mean, just an idea. I mean, the Wabi Sabi dinners, I think the last one was in 2019. Mm -hmm. And there was over 800 people served that day, right? Something like that. Yeah. And even with COVID, I mean, last year you served, was it 400 plus meals? And Mm -hmm. there was 400 delivered meals. Yeah,
1: these were 400 delivered meals. That's pretty amazing. Yeah. And so this year we're going to do kind of similar thing um, and try to deliver as many meals we can. Yeah. It's interesting
0: Moab's an interesting time because it, despite all the, you know, the, there's a lot of wealth that's displayed here but it not it not necessarily is the resident wealth. Mm-hmm. And kind of underneath the surface, you know, people are kind of on the margins. Rents are very expensive here. Everything's getting expensive this year. Right. And so this offering is something that everybody can participate in. It's it's non-discriminatory. Anybody's invited to mm-hmm. get a meal and just make sure you get fed on Thanksgiving yeah, Day. Yeah,
1: definitely. And we've, um, we've kind of branched out and partnered with uh, five other organizations in the community to kind of get a good cross-section of needs. And so if anyone needs a meal on Thanksgiving, they can go to our website. I think I said that earlier, but I'll
0: That's say it
1: That's okay, again. it's a great, it's You can go there and um, get a list of who to call to sign up for and register for a meal. Um, it's if you have a family that needs meals, you can sign up as a family and state how many meals you need as a family unit um, or as an individual. For those that are unable to have a, like that don't have a home address, or, um, you know, the means to have one delivered, um, they can go to have theirs delivered to the Multicultural Center and pick it up there. Um, and then the Multicultural Center is also offering a service for those that need to heat up their meals. They'll have two heat-up stations available. Oh,
0: wow. Yeah. Wow. That's great working together. Yeah. So people, that's the way to order the food. I mean, you, you obviously Wabi Sabi needs to know... Who needs the food? So the website's one way to contact. Mm-hmm. Can people call Wabi Sabi too yeah, and book can. meals? or
1: Anytime. Call Anytime. us and we can connect you with like where to register for a meal. No problem. And our phone number is 435-259-2553 press two for the office <laughs> it's a little weird. Our recording. and you can
0: always stop by i mean you are taking you I mean you i've got you probably got COVID um conditions at the warehouse and this and the store so people can they're still coming in there yeah. and shopping
1: yeah we're we're open for business like normal hours our hours are 10 to 6 p.m every day and then our donations are open every day from 10 to 5 p.m um and then we just I'll wear masks.
0: Let's, um, I know over the last few years there have been some restrictions on donations because <laughs> I think you've been over donated a lot in certain things. So yeah. is there anything people need to be aware of if they are thinking of donating or are there things you can take and things that you cannot take at this time?
1: Yeah, that's a great question. So our donations are open every day. Um, I know thank you community for bearing with us through all the changes <laughs> and pivots, um, but we are now open all, all the time from 10 to, 6, 10 to 5 p.m., and, um, currently we are not accepting furniture just until we kind of figure out how to move.
0: You build some homes to put yeah, the furniture right, in, right?
1: Right. So, but other than that, we take, we're taking everything. Um, okay. and yeah.
0: Okay. How many employees down at the um, that you have just it's off the top of your head? A mm-hmm.
1: Good question. I want to say we just hired, got our staff, like fully staffed for like the first time in a while. So, um. It's good. I think we have a total of seven to ten. Well, okay. including office staff, I think yeah. we have ten employees. Oh, wow. So, I mean, and this is yeah. paid
0: employees across yes. the board. I mean, ten paid employees. Yeah. And, of course, you have the um, – I think this is one that every board of the hundred board, I mean, hundred non nonprofits we have in town, there's a board behind every one of yeah. these nonprofits. So if you want to put a shout out to the, anybody on the board or the board in general, I know there's probably a lot of names there, so don't feel bad if you miss somebody, but if there's anything you want to mention that you see as being a particularly great board member, you know, yeah, that, that let's well, hear their name. Give I thanks will, to them.
1: Yeah. Th- there, I will give a shout out to Linda Scogrand. She is our board chair um, and she's been doing a lot of stuff. She also does, like, um, helps with her uh, – Not it's called Not So Churchy. She's also runs an, another group of individuals, volunteer group that goes around the community and, like, serves so many other functions um, for other nonprofits and events. Um, and then, yeah, we have so, – I don't I, – This is putting me on the spot. I don't know all of our non... Who's your executive director? Oh, our executive director is Liz Dana Hahn.
0: And she's been in the position for some time too, has she not?
1: She has. I want to say, I think she's been there maybe four or five years.
0: It says a lot for the organization and the board and everything else that you retain a lot of your employees how about some of your employees are there any employees down there that you should think that should get a mention of?
1: oh man like, like all st- of them <laughs> no, no.
0: there's got to be a star That's amongst the stars right
1: <laughs> yeah I would I would actually I would shout out to um, Liz as the director has really I think um, done an amazing job navigating the organization through a very difficult time and kept it going and so and help to encourage a really good group of t- a team together.
0: Yeah, because you did bump around from one rental to another and then mm-hmm. you really made the plunge to purchase the property. That is that correct? Or did you own that building? Or um,
1: The I, the, do, the building is a donation. A d- okay, it's a donated so. building. Yeah. So you, but and that was a, all out. It's an out. anonymous donor. Yeah, cool. I don't even know this. So. Is
0: our fairy godmother out there or godfather? We have a few of them. I yeah.
1: Think. <laughs> That's yeah. okay. Uh-huh.
0: They like to be anonymous for that reason.
1: Yeah. Thank you, little no, fairies th- out there. Yeah, thank no you
0: all. We know who you are, kind <laughs> yeah. of, but we. We will let you stand on this. <laughs> yeah. Moab's too small a place, folks. I mean, it's just too tiny a town. It's just yeah. it's tough to kind of.
1: Well, I want to shout out to all of our donors and our shoppers and our volunteers. These are you guys are the ones that give back so much to our community. Um, and I don't know if our donors, shoppers and volunteers and staff know how much their like little impacts of time, money shopping really make a difference in our community um, because those small acts of kindness have translated to helping i th- i think we had a total number of 80 nonprofits profits that were served last year through money and materials wow. from wabi sabi so thank you and that there's so many things i could say <laughs> <laughs>
0: I'll well, keep saying honestly. I mean, what I mean. I know that the brunches were you were doing brunches for a little while. I mean, years ago. I don't even know if that. Yeah, st- I think uh, that was
1: like before my time. Yeah, and I think so.
0: Kind of it was a lot. I mean, it's amazing. I mean, the, and you mm-hmm. did actually you used to do a Christmas meal too. Yeah. Which, if you could ever do that again, that would I think be incredible. <laughs> it's it's hard. I mean, I think Christmas is even harder on this community than Thanksgiving because a lot of at Thanksgiving, a lot of people have come off this mm-hmm. high season of tourism. And then it hits the stalls, doesn't it? I mean, it's like, oh, my gosh, there's nobody here. So, I mean, usually through November, people are okay, you know, but it does start creeping into those winter months, and the the dried-up tourism is like has its impact on people's pockets, too, because Christmas is an expensive Uh time of year in general.
1: And I want to mention, too, um, uh, in case people out there don't know, one of our programs, we have a voucher program at Wabi, and so you can get a voucher to shop each month for $25 of stuff that you need. Um, and if you are moving, you can get a move-in voucher for $50 um, twice a year. Um, and, you know, Wabi is here to support people who need things. So if you need things, come find us. We will point you in the right direction.
0: I guess Moa uh, provides this social safety net with all the nonprofits, doesn't it, that a lot mm-hmm. of communities just do not have. And our whole – I mean, I've got the free health clinic coming up. Um, yeah. and it's interesting. I mean, well, you'll, if you listen in, we'll kind of position that entity – and what it really means and, you know, what's maybe lacking. So wabi-sabi is, is obviously, there's a lot of holes in society in our country. And I think wabi-sabi, you know, basically makes the, the hole so small, so small that nobody slips through the net, that there's yeah. something there for everybody. Yeah. And it's pretty awesome.
1: Yeah, we, I think our hopes is that, you know, we can catch a big net of our community and be able to provide at least resources, or point them into the, the right direction. Especially being kind of a nonprofit hub, it's like we are in contact with so many nonprofits in our community that um, if you need anything or have a question about things, feel free to stop in any and say, "Hey, I have this question, and we can try to point you."
0: Well, you do fulfill a lot of tangible needs that actually things people need, but it's mm-hmm. the intangible things that really makes the magic of Wabi Sabi real. It's it's the essence of what you do is what's the most amazing thing that makes it inspiring to live in this community. And that's why I think why a lot of people, they're maybe not even sure why they're here and why they stay here because it's, it's tough to live here. It's not mm-hmm. an easy place to live. It's challenging. It's expensive for people that have just arrived. I can't, it's yeah. awful. But, you know, when you see what the community tries to do within itself, it's like, wow,
1: it's w- a, what it's, a place. It's, a, I, it's the me, color of the canvas, isn't yes. it? Yes. To me, that's the magic of Moab is – is our community members who live here and creatively problem-solve and come together and say, hey, we have these needs, and nobody's fulfilling them. So we need to come up with solutions to help ourselves, and in a way that includes everyone. And I think it's just incredible... Our community here. I mean, you guys do so much. So. We all do. It's. A, yeah. I mean,
0: it's. It's the. Syner- I mean, it's interesting synergies um, mm-hmm. supplying there because you can look at what synergy means in its definition. Yeah. Right. Meaning the sum is greater than the sum of its parts, and that's what the nonprofits do here. They make this town like shines so bright for yes. a small rural community if you take us to any four or five thousand person community across this country mm-hmm. we rise so far above what everybody else does because we're un- underneath we're a really caring community i think
1: yeah I, we really are and um speaking of care um if you guys do want to make an impact um and uh, want to get involved with our thanksgiving uh plus giving meals this year we need backup drivers uh, for deliveries and if you're interested in doing that, um, giving some time on Thanksgiving Day uh, feel free to email me at info at wabisabimoab.org or give us a call or stop by um, also we are doing a fundraiser during this time of giving so we, if you want to be part of that give, our plus give um, goal this year is to reach $5,000 and that is all going directly to our 2021 nonprofit partners. Awesome. Yeah, so if you wanna be part of that, you can you know, get involved.
0: And then a r- quick reminder before I let you go, I've been great being up here for half an hour here, believe it or not, time flies when you're having fun. <laughs> um, Reminders about the Thanksgiving dinner again. Just how people can get a dinner. Yeah, for themselves. Just
1: to Yeah, just a recap. Yeah. So this year during this harvest season, Wabi Sabi plus the Synergy um, Company and Sweet Cravings and five other uh, local organizations have come together to give out free meals to those who need one on Thanksgiving Day. If you or someone you know needs a meal, you can go to our website wabisabi.moab.org. And click plus giving and find out who to call to get a meal Um, and meals will be delivered if you can't if you don't have a location for delivery then your meals can be picked up at the multicultural center also the multicultural center will be providing a place to um, heat up meals because they will be delivered cold
0: one last question hours for the lunch
1: Oh, lunch. Oh, yes. The so dinner, you sorry. can expect for the dinners to be delivered between noon and 2 p.m. Awesome. Okay. That's an important great thing. Great question.
0: All right. Well, thank you so much, Laura, for coming up here. We'll have you again when you can recap all these successes that you've yeah. had. It's, it's always great to have the nonprofits up here. Yeah. So thanks for coming up.
1: Thank you so much. Um, it's my pleasure.
0: You'll notice another nonprofit guy is out there in the reception area. You can tell Mr. Kaler he can come into the studio. This week in Moab, I'm your host, Howard Trenholm. We are really featuring in on two of Moab's finest between of the hundred or so non-profits there are in moab to have two that i can say i want up here means we realize i've got 50 others or so to call for the next year or so of interviews moab free health clinic another um outstanding example of why moab is the best town in america to live in okay doug kaler welcome
2: welcome good to be here nice
0: to have you how long have you now been involved with the free health clinic
2: it's now been three years.
0: Yeah! Wow! Because you were at the hospital for a long time—about 23 Twenty-three—is it really twenty-three years? Twenty-three years. So you uh, were the head of nursing when you left the ho- more or less?
2: Um, well, I, d- I did run the ER for a while, uh, um, ran the trauma program, things like that. And uh, but yeah, 20. let me just
0: ask you: This as a, you know because I mean obviously had a really good—that's a great professional career to have. the enemy to give their left arm to have that—you know—the security, the income, the pension, everything else. And yet you went to the free health clinic. Can you tell us, you know, what what made you decide to do that?
2: You know, I saw the need. And I got tired of doing nursing in a system where we helped people as far as we could, but then how they could afford the rest of their care impacted how their final outcome was. And I... Just got tired of seeing that being the problem and really wanted to be part of the solution to that and move over to the free health clinic where we could give free care to people, get them in there, get them the the, um, care that they need. Um, and you put your not, money where your mouth is. Yep. <laughs> Basically. Yep. So the Free
0: Health Clinic, we just talked about this before, briefly before we came on the air, because Wabi Sabi was just 20 years from Wabisabi. That's hard to believe, too. I mean, but the Free Health Clinic's been around in some form since 2008, right?
2: Correct. Correct. Kay. 13 years. Take now. us
0: through the last 13 years. As far as you see, obviously, you came in the last few, but you know the history of the health clinic and everything else. So I just know a talk bit about, about
2: it. I uh, volunteered for them for a few years before I... Uh, started as their executive director started in two thousand and eight, actually in the same building that we 're currently in um, over um, on fifth uh, fifth west and uh, but we were using just one side of it originally stayed there a few years and then we moved over to fourth east um across from milts there and they were there for a few years and then we got the opportunity to get that building back again that we're in now but the whole building is dr barber retired and we saw that opportunity because we did have uh, the mission of adding dental and doing things like that, and that building was just a perfect setup for that. Let's, I mean, obviously, the,
0: it's challenging. I mean, I, I, I know some of your board members, and I, I I'm not. I mean, you can obviously talk up to the board if you wish. Um, when, you, when I put people on the spot to mention all their board members, they go blank, and I know that you know exactly who they are, so I won't put you in that spot. <laughs> Thank you. But <laughs> let's just say I've talked to one of your prominent board members, um, Danette Johnson, who I think has been a big spearhead of the Free Health Clinic. And Definitely. I said to her, you know, and she's from Canada, and I'm from Scotland, okay? And I look at her and saying, the fact that the free health clinic has to exist in this country is a damn shame, that we don't have a universal health care system like Canada and Scotland does. We do not have free health care clinics in Britain or Canada because we have a health care system that is inclusive and affordable, and everybody gets into it, and <laughs> it's not exclusive and unaffordable, which, you know, you saw that from the hospital point of view and probably saw how hard it is for people
2: definitely if they
0: don't have insurance they're really they're
2: left out they're one
0: you know one illness away from bankruptcy
2: yes yes no which they're left so out of the current system and and that's one of the reasons our system is one of the most expensive systems in the world but we're like 13th in outcomes
0: and one of the best systems too which is the sad thing we have the most amazing medical abilities and yet if it's you can afford it. Yeah, if the best health care, if you can afford it.
2: If you can afford it,
0: and now here comes the Moab Free Health Clinic to solve and and offer things to people.
2: Definitely. Health. Yes, and it and it's been a joy to be that. Take care of that gap, that's been left.
0: You know what the biggest irony of not having a health uh, universal care system is? Hmm. The people that don't have insurance never get a checkup. So they just kind of kick their health can down the road, right? Correct. They say, oh, I'm not feeling so good. Can't go see a doctor. I'll be okay. And they just kind of kick that health can down the road. And because that happens, it's not okay. It might not be okay. And things get progressively worse. And, of course, they're always battling this fear of the cost of what it's going to do to them that they can't afford it. And But eventually the pain threshold pushes over. They don't care how much it costs. But of course, that a lot of time has passed from it to becoming just a little, what's wrong with me, to like, oh my God, I have to go to the emergency room. And this is. And the cost of which, if they'd had healthcare in the first place correct. and gone and seen their doctor for a physical once a year.
2: And this is what we saw in, so ironic, in the emergency room. And that's why healthcare that
0: costs so much, because people let it get so late. And they, they come get in, hammered. a train wreck. <laughs> it's a nuclear explosion of costs, basically. Correct. Instead mm-hmm. of just going. Which, and that's what you're doing now, it seems, at the health clinic you're offering. You're kind of offering that gap to let people know, we'll check you, and maybe if you catch it early, you can do something that won't put you in bankruptcy court.
2: Yes, and that's <laughs> bottom line. exactly so what harsh, we're the case, focusing though, isn't it? on. Yeah.
0: I'm amazed. Um, I mean, I realize that I'm going to give a big hand to all the doctors that volunteer their time because you really exist on that generosity of the doctors who come here on their own time We really do. And offer their
2: medical expertise. Free to us and take their time out to do that. Absolutely. And so we have doctors from all over the Four Corners, really. Uh, We have an internal medicine that comes from Grand Junction, Dr. Walker. We have doctors from up in Salt Lake, Dr. Zender. Um, We have uh, uh, all sorts of providers from all over the Four Corners that come and volunteer their time. Mental health professionals, the Scribners that come. Um, we have quite a bit of providers that give very valuable time. So they know the to need. our community.
0: So they absolutely yeah. know the, the flaws in the system that you have to kind of do something beyond what exists, basically. Right. Create something out of nothing, which is what the free health clinic did. Why don't you talk about your vision clinic? Because I think that is one of the most amazing stories I've heard in such a long time. Because you offer a lot of different services, you can certainly talk to those, you know, men and women in healthcare. But talk about the vision clinics that you've been doing, because I hear the stories. Man. It just it makes me so happy, because I need these things too, right?
2: <laughs> the vision clinics are one of those clinics that nobody leaves with a dry eye, because there is a huge need for vision services everywhere, as it turns out, not just our community, but everywhere. And so it amazes me. About a month ago, we did a three-day clinic. We uh, partnered with the school district. I believe we saw about 38 children that we got full exams for, glasses for. Um, Total altogether, we served 96 patients over those three days for about $50,000 worth of free care. Wow. It's amazing. We have patients that... um, maybe didn't know that they had problems with their vision. And it's actually kind of funny. You'll see, you know, it's particularly the males will come in and say, I don't know why I'm here. My wife made me come. And she knows I'm you're like, blind, man. <laughs> right? You just can't admit it to yourself, right? But then you stick them in front of that visual acuity chart. Yeah. And next thing you know, they can't see. Yeah. And, and they didn't even know that because they've been that way their whole life. And I wondered disability. why they didn't do well in school. They wonder why they have all these problems at work. And, and then we do visual acuity. We've, we check them out. We give them a pair, pair of glasses, sometimes right there that day, because they bring glasses that were donated. And if we have a prescription that fits, and it's amazing to see people. Just the look in their eyes, the, the things they say, like they'll look out the window and say, there's leaves on those trees. Wow. It's not just a green blob. And, and like I say, um, every clinic, um, there's, there's tears flowing. So how do
0: you, I mean, obviously, the exact, so you kind of organize all these doctors' abilities to come into town and kind of schedule them when they're here and also let people know that they're going to be here, right? Correct. That's yeah. basically your main role, would you say? Or, and that and run the clinic,
2: Well, and it's, yeah, it's a a lot bigger than that. It's run the clinic. Um, Of course, we have multiple staff that are there, and they do most of the running of the everyday clinics. I'm more in the background working out programs, um, uh, making sure we have the equipment. Fundraising. Fundraising, all those kind of things. But fortunately, I have a really good staff that's really good about uh, taking care of, of the clinics as they come around.
0: So, I mean, I, I mean, you probably realize that there are, you know, a number of people in this county that do have very good health coverage, particularly government workers. Right. Um, there seems to be a, isn't it amazing that, you know, the government employees that the private sector kind of works to support can access this amazing care and the whole side that creates that funding to pay for it all can't access that same healthcare. Correct. You know, it's, it's interesting how it's, you know, it's separated out that, but but you do offer services. I mean, there's a lot of small businesses in Moab, and I know for a fact that they cannot offer insurance to their employees. It's just, it's just economically unsustainable. I mean, A, the employees can't afford it, and the businesses can't afford it because, I mean, the businesses will pay a portion. They're not unlikely to pay all of it. They might pay 50% but you lose out on those economies of scale, don't you, when you're a small Correct. business with three or four people oh, maybe? There's,
2: there's no way. When you look at what insurance costs, um, if you're going to start giving that to your employees in a small small business, that's going to be a huge part uh, of, of your budget. Um, and so that's why we've started reaching out to the local businesses and letting them know the services we have and working with them to to, to kind of offer this uh, to their employees as not an insurance program, but to let them know that, that they can come in and get their preventative care, um, get their chronic medical condition care, and, and so that these businesses can let their employees know that there is this resource in town that can help them with their medical needs. And I, I mean,
0: I was approached by one of your, actually some of your outreach groups, and this is the deal for small businesses, folks, in case you don't know this and maybe you haven't heard this, that the Mobile Free Health Clinic wants to partner with you as a business. What it would like you to do as a business is pay your employee for four hours, like a half a day, so they can go to the free health clinic and get some checks done. It can be female checks. It can be male checks. They're not exclusive one way or the other. But if you need something or you want to just, if you feel the need for something, the employer's out there. Just pay your employees for half a day. It's, gosh, if you have to pay for insurance, it's a, it's a, a, a real bargain, actually, and it also gives you the reassurance that at least your employees know that you're trying to do something. Employees understand that their employers can't offer them insurance because they see the cost, but this is a solution, is it not?
2: It's been a great program, and I've really been interested and it's found very interesting how different employers have found ways to... Um, to bonus it with their employees some are giving them a few hours to do it some are giving them uh, a a gift card or something like that Um, all the employers have been really open to finding a way that works with their business uh, to incentivize their employees to take care of 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 their health and come to the clinic it's
0: um and your clinic is amazing i mean i I don't have insurance, so I'm fortunately pretty healthy, so I don't necessarily have to go into the emergency room. But I have been into the hospital, and I've been to the free health clinic. I went to the free health clinic just for some preventative stuff a few weeks ago. Honestly, I have never felt so, like, genuinely cared for in a medical facility. I wasn't just another, oh, my God, he doesn't have insurance, oh, gosh, whatever and just kind of like shoved through the system. It really felt there was a level of care about the individual in your, in your facility that honestly was phenomenal. The, the care I received from the medical doctor, he was honest. And I hadn't received that level of honesty from a doctor, you know, saying, do you want to go down this road? It's like, you know, I was, I was so impressed with the ability to understand having empathy for the patient too. You know, and not necessarily going down a road that might not, you don't need to necessarily go down.
2: No, I think, you know, that is one of the beauties of a free health clinic is working in that environment. We're not on, obviously people don't have a lot of resources to pay for those studies. Like when you would go to a typical uh, medical center, they would order lots and lots of things. In a free health clinic, we have to sit down with you and say, you know, how do you want to approach your care? How can we get you through these steps and, and really work with the patient and and. Frankly, that's one of the best things I like about moving over to the free health clinic because it really does become collaborative care with the patient a lot more than it is in the typical healthcare care system.
0: And of course, you... Take donations and I, do, I donated generously because I'm so grateful to have that ability to, you know, get a blood test done, you know, once in a year, make sure your cholesterol's not through the roof or something, you know. And those are obviously precursors that might your doctor will say, Yeah, we did run some blood tests on you and I'm sure glad we did and, yep. and nip it in the bud. And, yep. and you offer an amazing, basically free blood test. It's pretty free. Right? I'm saying basically free, right. but if you went to the hospital and did this, it would cost you hundreds upon hundreds of dollars easily.
2: Our, our, our labs, we, we just charge the patient exactly what we get charged by the lab um, that does our lab work for us. And that turns out to be literally about a tenth of what it is at any other facility. And so it be, does become affordable. Um, you can get your general labs for a year um, for about 26 bucks and uh anywhere else that'd be about eight hundred dollars worth of testing and 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 uh that makes it more affordable to follow through with your health care and then we also have financial assistance if you can't do that we can help you and we're going to make sure that that you get what you need and we're going to find a way to do it and And uh, one of the ways we've done that recently is we have just hired a patient navigator to help with those things so that we can collaborate more with the patient on their care and work out how we can get them to those steps that... That we can't do. We don't have, you know, the diagnostics that a big hospital would. We've got what most doctor's offices have. Um, But at some point, you might have to access something that's at the hospital. Um, With that navigator, we can really work with you to find the best way to get there, make it as affordable as possible, and work with you to... To, to get that taken care so, of.
0: So now that you've got the ear of the whole community here on KZMU, what, what, what do you need? <laughs> <laughs> what would you like? What's your wish list?
2: Well, <laughs> community support, and we have it. We yeah. definitely have a lot of community support. This is a great town. Yeah. Um, we have such a good clinic because they are a giving town. We get a lot of donations and a lot of support from the community, and we just ask that you keep it up and that you remember that we're here and that we're a doctor's office. We do have a free in our name, but that doesn't mean our care is any less than any other doctor's office.
0: And you're non-discriminatory. Um, anybody's accepted. I mean, it's not you don't say you don't means test people to come in and say, no, we do reason. Right. You know, right we imagine. try to
2: make sure, you know, if you've got a really good insurance policy, you probably yeah, should be using that. Yeah. And 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 accessing that pos- policy. But we recognize that the system is moving towards a high-deductible system. It's yes,
0: underserved and unserved, right? Yeah,
2: exactly. And so a large proportion of our population are people that do have insurance but maybe have a $5,000 deductible and only make 20000 a year. How yeah. can you do that?
0: Well, that was interesting with the Obama – I mean, it was, uh, it was a really bold – I mean, coming from a country that I've just grown up with universal – and it's not free – I, I just want to make this clear with any American that might be listening. I'm not biasing against you, but you honestly don't know how the systems work in other countries. It's never been free, ever. Everybody pays. As soon as you start working at 18 years old, whenever, when you're out of school in the U.K., in Canada, in Germany, France, I can list you a dozen progressive, Western, civilized democracies that offer universal health care. It's not free. Do you hear me? It's not free. Everybody pays. And it's an inclusive policy. In the UK, it actually covers you from head to toe, which means mental, um, vision, and dental are included, which, again, blows my mind that American systems, you can get insurance from the neck down. Right. Because they won't give you any mental health care. My God, if the brain is not connected to the rest of the body, what is wrong with these people? It seems so... I don't, callous and cold and unth- you know just all about money isn't it that's the sad thing about the amount it's been ripped apart by capitalism in a way it's not Britain does it you know what the irony of the British white the British healthcare system came into being it's not been there forever it's only been there oh about a hundred years you know what happened about a hundred years ago in ni- 1918 1919 1920 19, well it was a big war where there were millions of um, Europeans in particular, Germans and English and Scots, massacred in the fields of Belgium and France, destroyed. Then came the Spanish flu right. in 19... And a lot of people forget that. And just, this is an interesting fact that people, you know, people talk about misinformation, that the government back in 1919 in Britain said, we don't want to tell the people it's a pandemic because they're already depressed as sh- as, he- as hell because of the war and so they didn't tell anybody um, they didn't deliberately withheld the information and the society British society said we have to do better for our people let's create a universal healthcare system and in the 1920s that's when it was given birth and all these other countries said oh, that's a brilliant idea keep your people healthy and it's a primary care system okay like what you are right like most medical thing it's primary if you get pregnant you can go to the hospital have your baby if you have diabetes you can get a monitor if you have cancer you'll get treatment that's primary care America loves to hone in on the secondary nature of it oh you've got an artificial hip you need replaced that is not essential folks that's secondary care the system is designed and funded for primary care so people do wait for non-essential surgeries I'll admit that but you know essential service you never wait for
2: right right no and and the cost overall of services in in places like Britain are are more efficient than they are here for sure yeah
0: and it's not perfect by any means no, no. it's better than I mean having no system is you know for a country as wealthy as America there's no reason and it's hard it's a it's a partisan thing now isn't it it's like one side just demonizes it and the other side, don't you see what you're demonizing here? It's people's care. People's There's health. People the at most the end of basic that. thing yes. in everybody's life. The one thing that we all share is we have good health or we don't. Sorry, fundraisers. Mm-hmm. I've done your pitch now. How can we get you more money so you can expand your diagnostics? And, I mean, obviously, you've got room for growth.
2: Yes, we definitely have room and for growth. Room and eventually, room to and disappear. <laughs> yeah. Ideally, you know, one that's what day, I maybe. That's what I always say is if, if, if I have to go back to working at a hospital, I'll be there and I'll be there happily. Um, you know, I hope the system changes so that we don't need free health clinics. But even with every, all the talk right now about maybe even trying to get towards universal care, I don't see that happening.
0: No, it's not going to happen soon. It's not going to happen too- anytime soon. I believe our country has been taken over by powers that make it very difficult for those things to come through, you know, but that's just the way it is. We can't change it. It's just going to take time and, you know, uh, and and be one universal voice saying this wouldn't be a bad thing for us all to have. No. I know. Anyway, we have Free Health Clinic in MOAB because MOAB rises above things here. Um, anything coming up in the, over the next few months that you want to spotlight that you can think of?
2: Well, let's see. Well, we do have our fun drive that's coming up. We tend to send things out over Thanksgiving. And so take a look in the mail. You'll also see a flyer in, in the little holiday mailer that goes out from the advertiser, I believe. Um, we're giving away free A1Cs. That's a check to see your risk for diabetes oh wow! and if you have diabetes it checks on how you're treating that diabetes um, we're offering those tests for free there's a coupon in there to come in and get that for free um, and uh, that's our big thing coming up right now we'll be doing more vision clinics at the beginning of next year um, we're working towards a- adding dental services in the near future um, that's a big process. That's a definite need in our community um, and all of southeast Utah. So we're just looking where the need is and trying to find an answer to fill that need.
0: Can I ask if you heard of the word pivot in the last year and a half? <laughs> <laughs> is, that the year, is, that the, is that the word of the decade, basically? <laughs> it, it certainly is. It so certainly how, was, is. how was it? The, I mean, obviously, the free health clinic going through a pandemic must have been quite an extraordinary ride
2: it was definitely an extraordinary ride we we never closed our doors we kept going we had to pivot over to telehealth at first um but and then for our specialists we ended up having to pivot over to a little more telehealth um a lot of the referring hospitals um, don't want their doctors heading out to free health clinics, so they shut them down. Oh, course, uh, heading yeah. over to the free health clinic, and so we had to pivot and say, "Well, you can probably do it on on uh, Zoom or something like that, can't you?" And they could do that. So we really had to come up with the infrastructure and 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 the pro- protocols to make that work. And 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 it was actually. Quite an interesting adventure to to make all those pivots.
0: It seems like the Zoom world and the tele-doctoring, in a way, if you can call it that, is actually a pretty useful thing if you live in a remote rural area, right? Because you just don't have oncologists here like you do by the dozens in Salt Lake City. But they would be willing to look at your results and talk to you from, you know, virtually almost.
2: Right. Right. No, it, it's one of the fortunate things that we developed through the through the pandemic was a system to do the telehealth. And now we've pivoted to using that system to bring in specialty care. So we pick up like an ophthalmology program where we're doing a retinal uh, Scans on people with diabetes and hypertension. And then we can send it up to the Moran Eye Center, and they'll do a read on that for free for our patients. And then you can get your diabetic retinal screenings for free. And so um, another program we've done is we've pivoted with um, counseling. Counseling is a great venue for Zooming and telehealth. Um, and so we've worked with an outfit out of Salt Lake City to provide counseling services um, for folks via telehealth. You can do it at your own house. Um, yeah. So, yeah, we're really have, are looking at the skills we pulled from the pandemic and using those to bring in specialty care for our patients. Well, Doug, and the time, our
0: time has drifted by very quickly here, I'm afraid. Yes, it has. So um, thanks for coming up. Really a big thank you to all your staff and the board that um, offer such an amazing um, nonprofit for us to keep us healthy. I mean, it's just truly remarkable that you do what you do, and a lot a lot of people don't realize just how much you, how many people you serve. But I hear it's like ten percent of Moab or the county. It it, it looks astounding. like we're going to be up to
2: about a thousand individual patients. That's
0: unbelievable so congratulations and thanks and keep up the good work and hopefully the non-profit nature of our community will keep supporting you
2: yeah well the community and so so you don't have to exist anymore we'll
0: keep pushing for that it's going to be not this year next year or maybe next 10 years but you know one day maybe you can always hope right baby steps yeah baby steps all right doug thank you so much thanks moab free health clinic thanks kzmu listeners for participating and this nonprofit called KZM, we actually had a very good radiothon thanks to everyone that helped us out. We were about a few dollars. I think we made our goal actually this year, which is awesome. And it, again, it's remarkable how many nonprofits um, can just take advantage of our generous spirit of the Moabites. And thank you, Moabites, for that generous spirit. Thank you all so much for listening. Stay safe. Get a vaccine if you haven't had one and wear your masks. It's flu season and COVID season. Thank you very much and have a great evening.